Hello, and welcome to our podcast series on the transformation of energy and utilities companies to better serve their customers in the digital age. My name is Vito Labate, and I'm really pleased today to welcome John Kearney, who is the head of strategy and architecture at Scottish Water. He's also joined on the line by Paul Haggerty, head of water sector at Capgemini in the UK. Thanks, Vito. Delighted to join the call and have this opportunity to have a chat with John and uh, share some of our insights. John, you've done some quite interesting things with intelligent automation at Scottish Water in particular. And I'm interested to know more about your journey as a company. So if we could, let's start at the beginning. What were the strategic priorities for Scottish Water in exploiting the potential that uh, digital presents? Well, we we set out a new digital strategy back in uh, 2018. Um, And uh, um, over recent years, we've invested heavily to move ourselves away from a largely on-premises and heavily bespoke IT estate um, so that we can exploit um, cloud platforms and uh, digital technologies to be able to um, move to a more um, automated environment and take advantage of uh, artificial intelligence uh, and a lot of the digital technologies that are on offer. Um, Obviously, if we um, persisted with uh, a a, a large estate on-premises in our data centers that was difficult to scale, difficult to adjust, um, then maybe we wouldn't have been able to um, capitalize on opportunities. So so the digital strategy that we set out last year um, focuses on some of our strategic ambitions um, to deliver a differentiated customer experience, um, make sure that we keep our customer prices low, um, make sure that we focus on um, making their underlying infrastructure in terms of our physical assets, reservoirs, etc., as well as technology, um, resilient, reliable, um, and also secure. Um, and last but not least, making sure that we support the circular economy in Scotland and contribute to the Scottish economy in terms of trying to um, um, both bolster its presence in the UK and also wider afield. Um, so, so with with these ambitions in mind, uh, we uh, we applied some analysis around what are the digital priorities um, that we needed to focus on, and our digital strategy came up uh, with a number of capabilities that we wanted to enhance around customer experience, efficient planning and delivery, intelligent decision making, um, and also the all important risk and security management. And that led us then to identify a number of key objectives in terms of supporting these capabilities, um, which were to anticipate and fulfill our customers' needs um, through their channel of choice, um, to optimize and automate repeatable processes, um, which in turn will unlock business value. Um, We also wanted to make sure that we could exploit uh, the the huge volumes and uh, variety of data that we've got from our assets um, in order to deliver actionable insights and make sure that through all of that, and whilst we're exploiting digital technologies, we're protecting our customers, our people, and our assets from digital threats. Very good, John. And so you talked about some of the criteria, but how did you determine and assess that criteria for this program in particular at Scottish Water? So I think I think it's a balance um, of a cost, time, and benefits. Um, when we embarked on some of the early digital transformations, we um, we looked at business challenges that we could tackle quickly, um, and uh, we focused in on the opportunities that released benefit early in the process. Um, and in that way, we um, we essentially scaled our business cases um, only to the point that they could still deliver appropriate value, 
Um, and that way we avoid spending big on initiatives that might run out of value. And especially when you compare that to um, you know, the world of a, a waterfall projects where you maybe look at a set of requirements up front, uh, go away and work with them in a, in a dark room and come back with something a year later just to find that the world's moved on since uh, we wanted to make sure that with, uh, with the, the digital technologies at our disposal, and um, we were really exploiting them very, very quickly um, and looking to deliver value in a matter of weeks, perhaps months rather than years. Very good. And as you moved into, let's call it the implementation stage, I would guess that there were some surprises that came up along the way. And I guess my question is, what, what in your estimation worked well and what learnings did you draw from the obstacles that you encountered along the way? Okay, yeah, I mean, I mean, digital transformation, um, whether we're talking about automation, AI-driven automation, or, or any other area, um, it's still all about people, um, despite the name. Um, and I think it's difficult to get every stakeholder on the same page um, when things are moving um, very quickly. Um, so some people can get left behind. Um, keeping everyone focused on, on some of our early initiatives and keeping everyone focused on the outcome um, was the key. Uh, regardless of uh, organizational or process boundaries. Um, and, uh, and, and yes, that meant that quite often, you know, you were uh, breaking established processes in order to get the job done. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not advocating chaos. Um, ag agile digital transformation needs quite a lot of control and governance. Um, but, but, but in my experience, multifunctional teams um, working hand in hand with uh, a technology, whether that's AI, machine learning, um, process automation, etc. Um, that these multifunction teams work best when focused on a common goal, regardless of their background and regardless of where they work. You know, you hinted at the outcomes a little bit there in, in your response. I wonder what is what was the outcome of the project and overall, and how has it impacted the broader organization? Um, well, we're we've discovered a new way of working. Um, and shown that we can digitally transform parts of our business quickly and effectively. Um, so a, if, if I take the example of um, a, the automation of uh, a, a process where we um, get in touch with the property developers, etc., in order to make sure we can establish new water, wastewater connections very quickly, um, then a, that, that new way of working proved that we could digitally transform parts of our business really, really quickly. We did that in 10 weeks and essentially turned a very manual business into a digital business. Um, and, and, and having proven that that works very, very quickly, um, there's now a hunger from other parts of the business um, to share in that success. So it's, uh, I'm pleased to say that our backlog is building up quickly. So that, what's interesting is, I mean, that, those are the benefits for your organization, but earlier you, you hinted also at the benefit that this brings to the Scottish economy itself. And I'm curious to know, what, what is the benefit to, uh, to, to the Scottish economy overall? I mean, certainly in terms of the, uh, the things within Scottish Waters Control, we, we, we play a massive part in terms of the uh, onboarding new water supplies and new wastewater supplies. And uh, the, the, the quicker we can do that with, um, a, with, with better control, better quality and better engagement um, with our various stakeholders in the process, um, then clearly we can start to tackle some of the big problems in Scotland uh, much more quickly, such as the housing crisis. Um, and, and it also means, I think, it, when you when you when you're able to deliver a digital experience, 
to, to the partners that crave it uh, because it benefits their own business model, um, then clearly there's a, a, a big boost to the supply chain um, all the way through. I think in terms of our customers, um, we more widely, I mean, certainly our, our domestic and non-domestic customers would expect us to give them value for money. Um, so where, where, where there's an opportunity for us to um, cut down on the number of interventions that we require because we're applying a more a, um, intelligent analysis of the data we've got in order to prevent them, uh, then clearly there's, a, a, there's an impact on customer prices in terms of keeping them as low as we can possibly keep them. Wonderful story at Scottish Water, John. Thank you for that. Paul, let me turn to you for a moment. Um, I take it you work closely with John, and, and clearly the project was a big success. Can you share perhaps your perspective on how the Digital First agenda at Scottish Water is is, is benefiting both the organization and their customers from your perspective? Yeah, sure. I mean, maybe just building on, on John's point, you know. Uh, so, I mean, Scottish is very clear with regards, you know, its strategic objectives, you know, differentiate customer experience, keeping customer prices low, ensuring that the assets and the service, the network they provide is resilient, reliable and secure, and for the betterment of the of the Scottish economy. And if if you look across the business in, in terms of where there are opportunities to support those, let's call them four pillars, you know, it's a, it's about helping drive more intelligent decision making. It's about helping drive more uh, standardization and how you know work is done, processes are adopted, decisions are made. Uh, and if you look at you know just at an overall level in terms of those sort of four areas, you know, take keeping customer prices low. You know, there is always a challenge with regards, you know, probably more demand for the likes of Scottish, which are very asset intensive business. You know, looks after a massive estate in terms of both geography and physical assets. And you're dealing with, you know, quite a complex and challenging environment, not not just from a kind of environmental physical perspective, but regulatory perspective. You know, you get that wrong. You're talking about drinking water quality here. You know, you're, you're talking about impact on the environmental aspects of it. Uh, so the real aspect there is about looking for for how there's opportunities to support that. And if you look at the investment choices, you know, in terms of helping to maximize investment in assets, that's always about risk management in terms of knowing about the condition of that asset, the reliability of that asset, how you maintain that asset, how do you extend the life of that asset. And when you're spending, you know, circa 14 million pounds a week, yeah, 14 million pounds a week, then where are there opportunities for you to help drive intelligence as to how you could drive efficiencies and value from that? And how can you drive a level of automation to do that faster such that your management overheads that may be associated with that can actually be done through more automated processes? So you're getting benefits of op optimizing the risk associated with that asset as well as actually the speed by which that asset is delivered. And when you're spending on the scale of the likes of Scottish and others, you know, hundreds of millions of pounds a year on assets and infrastructure, then that can only benefit customers in being able to keep prices low by looking for opportunities to optimize that investment, to optimize and automate those processes and ultimately drive a level of performance 
that helps you be faster and more accelerated and you know able to actually release capacity to focus on on other value-added things uh, and if i take the customer lens then you know clearly from a customer lens then those those choices not only from financial perspective you know because customers if you look at a water industry they're they're about secure of service you know so no interruptions to supply no impact in terms of low water pressure no impact in terms of the quality of the water or any particular impact on the condition to aspects of that again getting higher levels of information you know we live in a world now you know, gone are the days of when I went to school and, you know, calculators were being introduced and you were excited when you had a, a drawing board that you could move to, to 2D. You've now got information sets coming from devices, assets, field force, supply chain. You know, the sheer volume of data that exists to be able to be interrogated is beyond what a human could deal with. And being able to look at that, overarching ability to use next generation platforms to interrogate that help humans you know correlate and get an understanding as to where there is optimization to be driven is all about helping you know deliver and protect that customer drive the efficiencies ensure it's reliable and resilient and indeed secure and that's for the betterment of of scotland so for me that's where you know, when I look at what John and, and the wider team are, are really driving with our whole digital first strategy, is really looking at that end-to-end -end landscape and looking at those four pillars and really trying to put the customer first on that on that whole digital agenda. This is really powerful. And I mean, clearly benefits for a company or an enterprise as well as the public at large. And so thank you to everyone. I guess where I want to move now though is to some recommendations. Recommendations for our listeners that they should keep in mind. And John, maybe what recommendations do you have for other energy and utilities executives based on your experience and having gone through this yourself at Scottish Water? I think there's probably three things that I would say um, in answer to that one. I, I, I mean, the the first one, and without doubt the most important, is, um, a, and Paul's covered this already, is to start small. Proof concepts early uh, without over-engineering the outcome. Um, we talked about a multifunction teams. We talked about trying to break down the barriers uh, that, that exist in large and old organizations. And I think if you're able to focus in on a particular outcome, um, a, and align that outcome with the minimum viable product that Paul talked about, um, then start small, get the right people involved, um, whatever they might be in the organization, the people who can, who can enable things to happen, uh, prove the concepts early, and don't over-engineer uh, the solution. So that would be my, my first recommendation. Um, my second recommendation would be to seek out people in your business to champion your cause. Um, so, you know, I'm part of a, a, a transformed IT department, but it's still an IT department. Um, but I'm not the one making digital transformation happen. The people who are doing that are the business leaders, the people who own the business functions uh, where there's an opportunity to inject digital transformation or to inject a, a technology that can make a big difference. Um, so find those people in the business, whether you call them product owners, product managers or whatever, find those people and then bring them on board to champion your cause. So we've transformed parts of Scottish Water by empowering those business leaders to make digital transformation happen. And I would argue that all Paul and I have done really is be the catalyst 
them for that to happen within their organization by bringing along the specialist skills and some of the process they, so that they can, uh, they can make a success out of it. Um, and then I think the third thing I would recommend would be um, something that we did uh, the middle of last year is create the right strategic partnerships. Um, so make sure that you've got the right, those right partnerships in place to get expert advice um, and also help with um, delivery, making sure that you're bringing on board partners who understand how to deliver at pace, how to deliver um, using agile techniques um, to get maximum outcome as early as possible. Um, but whilst you're doing that, make sure you keep the business intelligence inside your organization. Don't give away um, you know, the secrets to success. Don't, 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 don't move that intelligence out. Whilst it's always good to be able to get advice and guidance um, from people who are doing this cross industry and across individual industries, uh, keep that intelligence inside your organization. And that way you'll know your own priorities and what will give the biggest benefit in the shortest time. It's a tricky balance for sure, but thank you. That's excellent advice for for our listeners here going forward. Paul, for those who have implemented initial solutions, how should they start proceeding to actually scale that within their enterprise? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think John touched on this earlier, you know, and and it's it's easy to coin the phrase, you know, start small and scale, but but really, you know, I think that that whole proof of value proof of concept, minimum viable product. If you can rapidly establish the viability of a potential application of, of the solution, you know, and we're talking in weeks here, you know, eight weeks, 10 weeks. And at the end of that eight weeks, 10 weeks, you've developed a business case, you've proven the technology, you've got a view as to what the right delivery roadmap might be for how you might, you know, look for to scale up that solution within your relative business because everyone's at a different starting point. But fundamentally, you've engaged the business community, the user community, the the, the group that will, will gain the benefits from the potential adoption of this. If you can cover those four things, yeah, you've got a business case that stacks up. You've got the technology. It's validated. It's, it's viable. It's you know it's something that, that actually complements your your estate or exploits what you've already got. You've got a business stakeholder community that absolutely buy into what you're going to drive, and you've got a roadmap that says you know I may go from minimum viable product to a pilot and a and a business function, or maybe a pilot in a region, or you know some broad sort of functional area. But I scale up on an incremental basis and deliver value as I go then that model, and it, it tends to break kind of conventional models because they're not geared in that way, but that model is, is a way about being able to scale, but scale in a safe way, scale with an outcome, and scale in a way that it takes the business with you. And, you know, that, that for me is, is ultimately a way of breaking down those barriers. Very insightful. Thank you, Paul. John, maybe we'll close with you. What's, what's next for Scottish Water? Well, we've got, as I mentioned before, we've got a building um, or a backlog building up in terms of um, requests for digital transformation. Um, we, the, the, some of the examples Paul and I have talked about, um, the, those parts of the business have got a hunger now to, to make the successes they've had stick, um, both in terms of scaling them up, but also applying them to new business areas. So, so the focus for us, I think, is making sure that we can, uh, we can deliver that backlog um, without it getting too big and without people getting too impatient about wanting to see that change happen. So that's 
that's really a, a challenge for us there is making sure that we can um, a, we can accommodate the scale that's needed. Um, and, and that's where Capgemini helps Scottish Water in terms of delivering that scale. Um, if I think about some of the technology areas we're working on, they, we're, we're looking at a number of initiatives just now around robotic process automation for some of our more um, complex business processes in order to really scale those up in terms of the uh, transaction volumes um, and taking out uh, some of the human tasks that happen in those processes and letting those humans focus on more value-add um, initiatives. Um, in the capital investment world, we've been looking at um, how can we exploit digital twins um, in order to get the complete copies of our assets in a digital form in order to do much better um, a, a future preventative, proactive maintenance, understand the impact of changes on those assets um, and uh, be able to do so in a safe environment and also an environment that they, everyone from our capital teams all the way through to our operations teams can see um, before we actually um, stick something into the ground. Um, I would say that we are um, we're already quite far down the track of making sure that we've got eyes on all of our assets and then been able to take that data um, and do something with it um, centrally. So we're doing an awful lot of work just now around uh, leakage prevention. Um, so we're capturing information on the, the, the pressure of our networks, uh, the flow uh, within those networks, and we're using um, a, some really deep data analytics uh, and artificial intelligence um, in order to help us make much better decisions in how we manage those networks. Uh, that's shown some real benefits, and I expect that to be one of the biggest areas that we focus on over the next three to four years. Um, my ambition in this area is that we've got all of our assets digitally connected um, in a very, very safe um, and controlled way, ultimately creating an intelligent water and wastewater infrastructure. Um, that way we get the insight that we need to shape our operational decisions and also our maintenance actions going forward. Um, so I think there's a, 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 certainly a plan for us to exploit future digital products and services, um, building up much better intelligence of our assets, gaining new insights into the condition and effectiveness of our infrastructure, um, ultimately leading to better risk management, um, more efficient management of our capital investment, and uh, delivering a much better service to customers. Excellent conversation, everyone. Thank you to each of you uh, for the insights and uh, and the time here today on the call. And to listen to other episodes in our series, please do visit capgemini.com slash WEMO, that's W-E-M-O, and subscribe to the podcast. In the meantime, thank you for listening and look forward to our next conversation. Bye.